0: Welcome to Celebrating Act Two. Celebrating Act Two is the user manual for the second half of your life. Welcome back to Celebrating Act Two uh, with our
1: special guest, John Mariani. Uh, welcome, John. Good to be back. John, uh, I am, as you know, a not a big wine drinker but a wine aficionado. I know what I like. Let me put it that way. I like dry red wine. And uh, I wanted to share with you this. Uh, this is a wine that we've pretty much, we don't drink a lot, but we we like it. I'll, uh, forgive me for trying to find uh, the label. It's Robert Mondavi. It's a private selection. Uh, it says it's uh, aged in bourbon barrels. I have no idea what that does for it. And it's a Cabernet Sauvignon at 2017. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a lot of information compared to some of the French and Italian wines, the estate-bottled wines that I see. So this is, this is pretty easy to tell what I'm getting. Yeah. Um,
2: you, but you the question did, is— You did well, bring what, up a question there about the bourbon barrels. Yeah. Uh, all red wines, most red wines that take any age are aged in oak barrels, uh, which are made specifically the per- for the purpose. Usually, they're new. there's a combination of new oak and old oak and meaning that uh, you get brand new barrels and that imparts a certain uh, kind of flavor and older barrels, which were used before, will also have a taming effect on things. Putting them in bourbon barrels is, <laughs> you're never gonna no- notice the difference. It's just one of those things because every label, every wine label is in fact an advertisement. Oh, we do this in bourbon barrels, so it may taste a little like bourbon to you. Isn't that swell? Or add some alcohol to be beer? No, none of that is true. Um, things like special selections. First of all, Robert Mandavi uh, is a very good winery. It's no longer owned by the Mandavi family; um, hasn't been for years. But uh, they do produce a very good line of uh, what I don't know what you paid for that somewhere under twenty bucks, twenty dollars. Um, they're very good at that uh, level, and uh, I don't know what special selection means, but uh, any big winery will have several labels um, of Cabernet Sauvignon or Chardonnay or whatever, and they get cheaper and cheaper in price. And that's that's a it's not a dead giveaway, but the the less that's on the label or on the back label, because there's another. Lots to read in the back label there. Um, the less that's on the label, the uh, lesser the wine is likely to be in terms of uh, quality, and the cheaper it's likely to be. That's not a, There are some labels that are very, very minimal for California wines because they're autistic. But on, if you turn them over on the back, they'll have all the same information you just read to me.
1: Right. Now, this this does have more information on the back it says limited release Cabernet uh, blended blah 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 but uh, the real point I wanted to make was that uh, this is nowhere near as complicated as some of the European labels the French wines the Italian wines which are estate bottled and Grand Cuvée and what the hell does that all mean that's what I want to know
2: and they're printed in French and Italian and German
1: (laughs) (laughs) get get that why would that be I don't know I can't imagine
2: no. So help uh,
1: us interpret uh, uh, labels.
2: Okay, well, let, let, let's look at some very good wines, and very good wines tend to uh, again advertise how wonderfully good we are by what we stick on the label. So, for instance, Romanee Conti. Romanee Conti is a Burgundy wine I'm going to read from the region of Burgundy, and okay. they two kinds of wines. Basically, they produce Chardonnay and they produce Pinot Noir. They don't make Cabernet. Sauvignon there, so they don't even put it on the label that this is a Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay, unless it's a very low-level um, uh, Burgundy wine. So Romanee Conti is as tip-top as you could possibly get. It's called, in fact, as you can see, a Grand Cru, a great-growth appellation. That's a formal legal appellation. Of only a handful of wines in Burgundy that get. Uh, appellation, um, this bottle, by the way, that we're looking at uh, 2004, as you can see, année means year, the year 2004, um, is uh, probably, you couldn't get it for less than $1,215 per bottle, which is amazing. So going down, so you have Romani Conti proudly on the label, <clears throat> no pictures or anything, and it says Appellation Romani Conti A means a controlled appellation by the wine laws of of uh, France and Burgundy that this really is no kidding, this is really coming from Romani Conti. Okay. And <laughs> you just spent twelve hundred dollars, you kinda like to know that. Okay. Then it says Recolte, which implies a quality of a burgundy or champagne label. And it means it comes from a state grown grapes, meaning they didn't buy grapes from any place else in France or even from Burgundy. we all the grapes that went into this wine come from our state, so that's a further indication of premium quality. <laughs> then it says below that the boute you know, 00414. That uh, boute means bottle number, so they only make a certain number, and you've got number 414 uh, out of the whole batch, um, which is nice to know. And then you got some signatures there. I mean that. Uh, The guys who run the place and own the place put their signatures on it, guaranteeing it um, that that's on there, you know, like um, baked bean jars and and Heinz and stuff. And then mise en bouteille au domaine at the bottom there means put in the bottle at the domain. Now you say, well, why is that unusual? Um, Because in other parts of France, Italy, every place else, they may, in fact, buy bulk wine and could be bottled somewhere else or put in the bottle somewhere else, shipped over to the winery. They slap their ma- label on it and says, this is Burgundy wine from the Cote d'Or, the, you know, the Cote de Nuit. <clears throat> what this is indicating is that this was put in the bottle by the guys whose names are above above you there. So it's selling you a lot of information very, very proudly. And um, uh, it is. It, uh, it rings true, of course.
0: Uh, do you have uh, uh, some other examples of unusual uh, labels, or at least details that might differ from, uh, from yeah. this one?
2: Well, as I said, uh, uh, Romani Conti is a Burgundy, and where they make Pinot Noir. And over in Bordeaux, they don't make any Pinot Noir. They make If they're making a red wine, they make it from red grapes, predominantly uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and there's Merlot, Cabernet Franc, Verdo some other smaller amounts that go into um, what is predominantly Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, very, very, very rarely will you ever see a 100% Cabernet Sauvignon uh, uh, Bordeaux wine. In California, they do that all the time, 100% Cabernet, which changes the character of the wine. Okay, so... There, as opposed to Burgundy, where many owners could own a certain estate, or even merchants called Négociants might own a piece of an estate, in Bordeaux, they are owned and made in one specific estate called a chateau. And the picture on this bottle um, is of the estate Chateau Margaux. It's a big, beautiful yellow Yellow uh, mansion, um, beautifully landscaped, and um, Chateau Margaux means the castle, the, the chateau of Margaux, uh, from that section of France which is called Margaux. And there are many many wines. There are many Margaux wines because many wines come out of Margaux. But this is telling you, no, no, this is Chateau Margaux. So this is coming only from our great estate. It's a 1982 vintage, and it's telling you. Premier Grand Cru Classe, 1855. What that means is Premier Grand Cru, Premier First-Rate uh, Grand Cru, uh, classified in 1855. And uh, Without getting into too much history, back in 1855, they needed a classification of French wines. They thought it would be good, and the merchants put it together. And they found that consistently, year, year after year, certain wines um were obviously better quality than other wines. So they took all the wines in Bordeaux, all the Chateau, and they ranked them in 1855. And still to this day, Chateau Margaux has a Premier Grand Cru classification as it did, uh, what is that, 150 years ago? 130 years ago, something like that? Um, so that's nice to know. And it does say, as with the as with the Burgundy bottle, Mise Bouteille au Chateau. This was all of it put in the bottle, in the chateau so it's not that difficult to understand obviously it says france that's nice to know um the appellation is margot it's controlled which means they can only make a certain amount of this wine you're only allowed to make let's say eight nine thousand bottles of it because they don't want it to be diluted uh, <clears throat> to keep it it um to keep it, uh, it it's it's quality high um, the Société, the Civil Society of far, Farm Society of Chateau Margaux, and the proprietor is in Margaux. So a lot of repetitive stuff on that. But um, it, all you have to know if you walk into a store is to see the name Chateau Margaux and Grand Van and then the vintage, and that's all you have to know, because this, like the romani Conti in Burgundy, is going to be a great quality wine every single year.
1: All right, uh, John, our Italian... Uh are Italian wine labels any different?
2: Yes, they are considerably different. Um, this is um, a. Oh, this has a lot. This is from um, from Vittoria Frappato Doc. Well, they do pronounce a doc, but I'll tell you what it means uh, in, in a moment. But let's go up the top there. Now, This says "imbottigliato all'origine." It's the same as the French called "mise en bouteille," means it bottled at its origin. Uh, this is the estate name, Valle del Acate, which is a valley, okay, of the Acate. And it's a cooperative. Now uh, this means that even though it was put it comes and was put in the bottle in that estate or that region, let's say, a cooperative is number of different wineries and, and growers who would contribute their wine to a central location where the wine would then be made, blended, and put into bottle. And then it says produced in Italy, which is nice to know like produced in France. Now there's a little nice little picture of the zone where it comes from. You see that there? That's down in Sicily there. Um, And then it says Vittorio Trapato Doc. Well, Doc is actually D-O-C, which as you see below that is Denominazione di origine controllata, which is, as with the French wine, it's saying Italian laws guarantee that this is a wine from this specific territory made by tradition with the, it says, uva frappato, with the grape named frappato, okay? And they're guaranteeing that everything in this bottle is going to be from that region, made from that grape, in 2012. Below that you have, it's a 750 millil- milliliter bottle. I've never understood why they made bottles of wine 750. There always seems to be a glass missing. And um, the lot number is next to it. And then this is fairly important. This is very important to me. 13% alcohol by volume. Um, California wines, for various reasons, I won't get into it right now, it's another show, um, tend to go for a red wine, 14, 14.5, 15% alcohol. And you say, well, you know, what's that, a half a percent, 1% more alcohol? <laughs> Believe me, you'll feel it. And we can talk about that uh, at another time. So that, that, below that, it says it uh, uh, contains sulfites, which is not to be alarmed by, because 99% of all the wines in the world contain sulfites. It kills all bacteria. There's not a lot of it, of, it, of it in there. I mean, it's a, just a minuscule amount. And the rare, rare person who is allergic to uh, sulfites probably wouldn't even notice it um, um, in, in a red wine like this. But it, they say... For legal purposes, it does contain sulfites. Okay, so that's Italia. Vive Italia. So the most difficult of all, and one of the difficulties is that I think that, if not most, but many Americans can probably eh, figure out some of those things in French grand class and... And butai. Oh, I took high school French. That means bottle or in, in, in Italian. But German is difficult. It's very difficult. You know, they what we call butterfly, and what the um, um, uh, French call papillon, and what the Italians call um, farfalle, the Germans call schmetterling. <laughs> oh, schmetterling, darling, <laughs> schmetterling. So it's a funny language that way. And you see that in <laughs> very, very um, much here. You have Bernkassler, Bachstu, Riesling Kabinett, Dr. Tanischer, Weingut, Dr. Tanischer, Erben Tanischer, Gefütle, Fulindich, Pratikaster, Bernkassel, Insfunz, Mosel, Fest. And so it goes. You know, so It's like Sid Caesar doing a routine on, on, on Germans. Um, and this isn't one of the worst ones, but there's a lot of information here. And you get have to get a little savvy, you know. Read a couple of pages of a book, or listen to this. <laughs> listen to this broadcast over and over again. And um, so let's get to the top. Bernkastel Bad Stub. Bernkastel is the village where this is made, uh, which is in the Mosel region, Mosel Valley of Germany. The other big region is the Rhine and the, 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 the Ruhr. Um, and this comes from Bernkastel, which is a little pretty village. Which if you get on one of those Viking cruises, you know they. They slowly go by Bernkastel Badstube. You see this pretty little uh, village uh, in the, on the hillsides, and the people in dirndl skirts wave at you, and, and so forth. <laughs> and uh, so, Badstube means vineyard. Okay, so this is the village of Badstube, vineyard there. Riesling is the grape, which is the most widespread white grape used in um, in Germany. Mm-hmm. Cabinet is a what they call Pradikat. It's an indication of quality and also an indication of the amount of residual sugar. Now, a lot of the very finest German wines, which people don't drink that much of anymore, uh, are very, very sweet, intensely sweet, which comes from a process I can talk to you about some other time. And they cost a lot of money, and they enjoy for them. But there has been a tendency to make their wines drier and drier, which is called trocken, which means dry uh, in German. Um, cabinet is a quality. It's the lowest of the qualities of German wines, um, but still an indication that this is this not Planck from anywhere. So it does have, it, it's like an appellation um, of quality. 2010 is the vintage and that, uh, under that you have the maker the owner of the estate dr tanish okay and that's that may or may not be that probably is um, this, the town of berncastle there in the photograph sometimes sometimes some chateaux just buy a they literally just buy a picture of a gold drawing of a chateau and stick it on the label and call it whatever they want so it's a winery wine gut of dr tanisha um, and it's a state bottles, which is that lovely word, that means it's a state bottle right there. Deutsche Pradekate, it's, it's German. All right. And they say, just in c- case you don't know, it's the produce of Germany. And then, uh, as I said, the Mosul is the region and there's the alcohol content, which you see is 9%. The last one we looked at the Italian one was 13%, which is a, a red wine. Uh, but 9%, um, is indicative of a wine that drinks very, very easily and goes down very, very easily because there's not that much alcohol in it. And you can um, really enjoy it as an aperitif. You can enjoy it with, with fish or just about any one thing you want except maybe a, a, a sirloin steak or, or a hamburger. Um, so that is these often tough German. Um, and, and, and when you get up to uh, in the, in the Pradeckhardt, that recently with that cabinet, they go up from there from Cabinet to Spate Out Spätlaser, laser, um, then it goes Birnaus Laser and Grossen Birnaus Laser and Granden laser, and Eiswein. It just it just gets a little crazy. So, which is why German wines don't sell that much anymore. Um, now one last thing. Let's say you have bought a wine considerable amount of money, seventy-five bucks, hundred bucks, $1, a thousand dollars for the Romani Conti. Um, and even though all that label says is what's in there is what we say it is. It has all of those all of those um appellations and so forth, put in the bottle here, that's only a paper label. And it can be counterfeited and has only for very expensive wines like Romani Conti or Chateau Margaux. But it has been counterfeited, not least in China. Um, I once met a uh, Burgundian woman, uh, a woman who owns an estate in Burgundy, and uh, I asked about that. She says, I just got back from China uh, in Hong Kong at an art fair there, and they had my wine there, but we don't ship to China. And they have (laughs) as much of it as you want, cases upon cases. So it was a fake. Now, how do you know? How does your little you and me and people get to know? Okay. Well, you can't exactly do this in the wine store, but you can do it when you get home and then rush back to the wine store. Do you have the picture of the corks? Yep. Okay.
1: I'd see them all.
2: Yeah. So see, the corks are all stamped. Chateau yeah. Mabuzet, Léoville-Baton, uh, yeah. Poyac, so forth and so on. That is going to be done by the winery. That would be very impo- almost impossible to do in addition to the label and stick into a, a wine uh, winery. And not only that, but these um, corks will indicate see that number there, 2004, and there are often other numbers on it. The winery itself back in France will be able to tell you if this is their wine or not from those corks. So I'm not saying this is ever going to happen to you, but. Um, if you go to an auction, you can bet that, or you can hope that the auction wine expert at Sotheby's or Crispy, Christie's or something like that knows this stuff and knows the provenance. But even then, even there, there have been some whole scale scams, um, not so much by Sotheby's and Christie's, but their experts have been scammed too. And the only way to know it is if to take the, take the, Cork out of the bottle and look at the cork.
1: John, this has been uh, this has been very enlightening. Uh, I appreciate it. Of course, Art, who usually drinks out of a bottle in a brown bag, mm-hmm. he may not appreciate it the same. I I, I no
0: longer I no longer need the bag now that I'm quarantined. That's right. <laughs> by the By the way, I have to say that uh, before. Before John, you talked about the labels, uh, especially the German label. I would have been able to say, like Schultz, I know nothing. Mm -hmm. Now, (laughs) now I can say I know
2: something. Not the liefraum milk, liefraum milk, and (laughs) and, the Hayden's milk. So,
1: John, as always, you you have touched on a couple of things which I would love to do in a in a future video. Um, The the alcohol content you mentioned when nine percent goes down a little easier more like a table wine than let's say 13 or 15 percent things like that we should follow up on in future videos it's a big
2: subject uh it's a big bugbear with me and it is often totally avoided by many of the wine magazines and i'd be happy to talk about that and why it is important
1: great great also Um, You know, we live in, Art and I live in Southern California, and near us, there are, um, I can remember 30 years ago when we first moved to California, there were no wineries. They were out east in Murrieta, Art, and out that way. They were just dividing up the land, selling 20-acre lots. Today, those 20-acre lots are almost all wineries. Um, And they're, I won't say they're mom-and-pop wineries, but they're, uh, some of the wines are really quite good in Southern California.
2: (laughs) Western Southern California has some very, very Santa Barbara wines are some of the best in the state.
1: Mm. Yep. And and having, you know, shot in my career, having shot in all 50 states, I can tell you that I would guess that half of our states have wonderful wineries, I think particularly of Oregon and Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, but New York wines are fabulous. The, you know, the uh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you about Florida, but th- there are so many states that have good wineries. We should talk about that as well sometime. Yep. Anytime you
2: want to, I'll be here.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> in the meantime, while
0: people are in between watching episodes of uh, uh, John Mariani uh, speaking to the celebrating Act Two audience, they can go to. JohnMariani.com and look at the hundreds of articles in his archives. Uh, um,
2: as well as these days, I've been I have been uh, serializing my novel called Love and Pizza, which I think people will enjoy. Uh,
0: when you say serializing, are they podcasts at this point um, on your? No each,
2: no, each each week there's a chapter. People, I think people can still read. Um, I don't have to read it to them. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> it a chapter.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's great. So they can find that on
1: your uh, website as well. Mm-hmm. Great. The Virtual Gourmet, johnmariani.com slash virtual gourmet.
2: Over and
1: out. Great. Thanks again, John.
0: For more on Celebrating Act 2, visit our webpage, follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and tell your friends. Celebrating Act 2 is the user manual for the second half of your life.